the resurrection of Christ is not just a dogma we've received. You all should know he's risen because you are changing. But maybe we're not changing because we're not drawing on the power of Christ. He died, rose again to a new life and says, now accept me. Live in me. Let me live in you. And I will share with you my victory over evil. And too often we're trying to get victory over evil from our willpower. Of course I must use my willpower, but I use my willpower to choose the remedy that God the Father has given me. That is what it means to be Christian. And if you've understood it that way, then the charismatic gifts are not something extraordinary. Because if the Lord Jesus Christ is living in you, why should you not use his power in the service of others? We Catholics have always believed in healing, but we thought you have to go to Lourdes to get it. And what about the poor? Isn't the, the local body of Christ, the local church, where the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be? Isn't the local church meant to be Christ to that neighborhood? Not just the priest, because the priest, God help him, hasn't got all those gifts, and he's been tried to made to have them. It is the body of Christ working together priest has a very special role to play, yes, but it is the body of Christ that becomes Christ to that area. And what about all the hundreds of people we live among who don't know him? It's not just the poor we have to preach it to. And if we're coming out of church with our solemn looks on our faces, we'll never tell anyone. Oh, I know when there's enthusiasm, everyone says, oh, it's dangerous, it's dangerous. It's like those butterflies who flew, it was dangerous. Yes, of course it's dangerous. It's dangerous to educate people. They might become tyrants. And yet we freely do it. And we religious do it with a vicious. <laughs> and so the Lord is calling for a renewal. And we may not like it. And as our arguments come out again, and we start arguing, you know, about raising hands and not raising hands, showing enthusiasm and not showing enthusiasm. We argue about everything so we won't commit ourselves. And that's just the position we're in. We're not committed. Oh, we have the veneer of it. But that's the trouble, as someone said, we've just got enough to inoculate us against the real thing. <laughs> and it is the Spirit of God that brings this truth to you. And it's the Spirit of God who will wake you in the night and make you sweat because you begin to see something and you think, golly, have I got to do that? What will they think? What will they say? You'll come a Jesus freak, they'll say. And you don't like hearing that because we're sensitive. Just think when the Lord Jesus Christ taught about the body. He said, I'm going to give you my flesh to eat. What a thing to hear. And so many said, no, I won't. But what a position to be put in. You had to make a decision, and you couldn't ask the bishop about it. You, you had to make the decision. And so often we're looking to the superiors to make them poor souls make our decisions for us. Because we're not, not mature. What have we done with the message of the gospel? We made it society a nice, neat thing, wearing our nice hats and going to church nodding at each other and yet refusing to shake hands with a kiss of peace. 
What of it? And so the Lord is calling us to this love. And I cannot love unless I am rooted in him, unless I am drawing from him. And that's what poverty means. It doesn't mean say, I have now learnt to love everyone. I've learnt to be no longer sensitive to people's feelings. I've learnt now to, to become thick-skinned. No, it means I can't do it. And therefore daily we have to go before him and saying, you are the Lord. You are the one risen and I praise you that you're risen because you are my way. You are my life and my strength, my hope. You are my rock. And when that begins to dawn on a person, they begin to praise God because they are now saved from that awful predicament of being righteous and knowing it. <laughs> Having learnt it by effort and grit, they have become most observant. And there they are every Sunday. And every time you have anything in the parish, there they are. But are they really there on fire? Are they tied down now to rules and judgments? That's what the Spirit's about. And unless he comes upon us and melts us, and that is very painful, don't sing that song unless you really want it to happen. It's lovely music, and that's the trouble we can get carried away in nice music. But being melted is very painful. Imagine a candle being melted. If it could feel, golly, what would it say? And it'd be very hard to tell it, I love you, melting you down. <laughs> But if you know you're going to mold it into something beautiful and fill it and use it. And so don't think that you're just going to move out of something with, now we've got no more problems. Oh, you're going to have problems, but I think we've really got to get rid of a lot of the problems we've got so that we can have the right problems. We're just too often tied down in fear. And I hear confessions and I counsel and it's fear, fear, fear. I'm frightened of God. I'm frightened I'm not making it. I'm frightened of what people will think. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. Where is that life? Nietzsche said, trouble with you Christians, you don't even look redeemed. <laughs> and so we have to listen. What is God saying to his church? What is he saying? Don't try and listen for what you want to hear. He is God. And that's the humility you need. And so it's good to come together. It's good to see the enthusiasm, yes. But don't mistake what it's all about. The charismatic movement is not prayer meetings. It results often in prayer meetings. People go to conferences and they go home and say, we must start a prayer meeting. And they gather people together and they don't know what to do beyond say a few Our Fathers and a few Hail Marys and if they could risk the Hail Holy Queen they'll try that <laughs> people come together to pray because they are being renewed in their hearts they're seeing the good news of the gospel as Jesus says in me you can do all things apart from me you can do nothing they're beginning to see the truth and the truth sets them free and they want to praise God Maybe if our liturgies were open, as we've experienced them this week, the prayer meetings may never have, have grown up. But people didn't have a chance to say in the middle of the Mass, Hallelujah. 
Think of it. What would happen if you shouted that out in the parish? <laughs> I had... There was a horrible moment at Matins this morning. When we say at the end of each psalm, Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. When we start the office, we say that, and at the end we say, Alleluia. And I was just on the point of saying, Alleluia. <laughs> so, that is what the movement is about. It's finding who Jesus Christ is. It's the renewing of that understanding, Jesus is the Lord. And then I can understand the charisms. Then I understand grace is a gift. It's not something I've got to merit. It's grace is a gift given to me. Holiness is given to me first before it's demanded of me. Once you've been given the power of Jesus Christ, you've got to use it. It's not a case of sitting there and saying, nothing more to do, Alleluia. we're going to heaven. No, you have been given a power, and it means drawing on that power, and that is faith. When everything is chaotic around you, you've got to be able to still say, Lord, you are the Lord of this. And I praise you that in this, you are going to achieve what you are trying to do. That needs courage. That's not easy. So don't think it's just wafting away on alleluias and bright pink clouds. Jesus said, if you follow me, you've got to carry your cross. But I believe we've often carried the wrong cross offering each other up. <laughs> Doing things because they're difficult instead of really seeing that the cross is daring to witness that I believe the Lord is risen and daring to face the consequences. And Jesus says when they persecute you and laugh at you and your own brothers and sisters will, he says you're to dance and clap your hands. As if they've done it to the prophets beforehand, they'll do it to you. And if they did it to the master, surely they'll do it to the servant. So just because you're not loved doesn't mean to say it isn't right. Because that is the picture that if you're going to be the follower of Christ, you will be misunderstood. And you don't learn to love by power drawn from yourself, but you stand in poverty before the Lord. When this begins to happen to a person, when they begin to hear this truth, sometimes there is the rising up in them, and that is often referred to as baptism in the Holy Spirit. I think it should have happened earlier. But the trouble is we baptized people and thought that now they are evangelized. And when they grew to a certain age, we catechized them. And they didn't understand all these things because they really hadn't committed themselves to Jesus Christ. We have to evangelize people. We have to bring the child that has been baptized and as he grows older, begin to tell him the truth of the gospel, that Jesus came to give life, Jesus came to help him to be holy. But so often we're telling the child, be good and God will love you. And sowing in them the seeds of Pelagianism, you get to heaven by your own efforts. And so there is a terminology, I regret it, but there is. And the thing is, is being organized. Because unfortunately, see, people spread the wrong news. They sometimes come to conferences, as I said, and go away half-hatched. <laughs> They've seen a vision of something. And they go home and say, we must have dancing in church. 
They don't know why they were dancing in church. And so it, it needs organizing, but not over-organizing. That's the problem. Thank God I see so many priests. I see when the priests aren't there, the flock are being fed something and the priests don't know, understand it. And they go home and begin talking. And Father says it's very dangerous. <laughs> and so there's a predicament, see, the thing is spreading rapidly. But the officials haven't been, until just recently, haven't been taking much notice. Oh, it's good to play the Gamaliel. You let things and watch them and test them. But don't think playing the Gamaliel is the same as playing the ostrich. The ostrich puts its head in the sand and hopes it will go away. The Gamaliel at least watches and looks and informs himself. So that's what it's about. It's finding the news that Jesus is risen and then daring to respond to the Spirit of God who begins to direct you. So you are an empty house. You don't know the various things that are going to happen and that's why you have to be a listening person, praying. And to pray is to listen. Too often when we pray it's, listen Lord, your servant is speaking. <laughs> it's always, speak Lord, your servant is listening. Well, God bless you.